With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Hurricanes should be the favorite in the Metro. And I think that they will end up being the favorite in the Metro, according to the betting market. And I would put them, if, if you look at the, the uh, Stanley Cup odds, because of Toronto's status, just as the, the biggest franchise in the sport, they're the, the second favorite bookmakers. No, they can hang any price on Toronto and they'll still take money. Right. But I would, I would put Carolina uh, after Colorado, I would put Tampa and then Carolina kind of in that next tier with almost nobody else. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Thank you very much. It's been a while. Uh, three weeks. Didn't intend for it to, uh, to be this long. Between chats, uh, we're going to talk to Michael LaBeouf of the Action Network here in a little bit. And actually, we're going to do that before we do anything else. And then coming up on the other side of Michael LaBeouf, I will have a pretty, I guess, an important announcement. I don't know if it's an important announcement or not. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But it's an announcement. We'll just let you decide whether or not it's an important announcement. And also on the other side, we'll... uh, We'll give you a few thoughts about the Carolina Hurricanes and what's going on. Uh, But there's been a lot going on in the NHL, although nothing for the last several weeks. Um, We still don't know where Nazem Kadri is going to go. How about that? Nazem Kadri was one of the best players in the league last year, and we have no... Word that he's no, no nobody's even talking about it. People have gone to the cottage, I guess. In uh, for all the hockey reporters, the insiders that go away for the summer, they've all gone to the cottage. Uh, they're in their um, you know cans of margaritas or whatever they're doing, and nobody's even talking about Nazem Kadri anymore. But Kadri hasn't signed, or has he? We'll start some rumors. Not really start some rumors, but we'll kind of feed the rumor mill. But. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk to Michael about is the improvement overall of the Eastern Conference. And, like, think about in the Metropolitan Division, the four teams that didn't make the playoffs. All right, Philly didn't get better. Philly got worse. Philly's no good. But Columbus got better. <laughs> Although I don't like losing Oliver Bjorkstrand if I'm a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, but I do like adding Johnny Gaudreau. So, I mean, Columbus looks like uh, a little bit better team. Certainly going to be more offense. I think the Devils got better. Andre Palat, uh, John Marino on defense, solid, steady guy from Pittsburgh. Eric Halla, who's, I mean, Feisty, ornery, 
can play good third center, I think, for that team. But they've got so much young talent. Dougie Hamilton missed a bunch of time last year with the uh, with the broken jaw. He's going to be better this year. So if they get any goaltending, the Devils are going to be a difficult team to play against. Um, and the Islanders are going to be better. The Islanders aren't going to suck. So the Metropolitan Division is good. The Metropolitan Division got better. I don't know. Did Washington get better? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Pittsburgh's probably still the same. But still, those teams were uh, playoff teams and dangerous. Carolina certainly uh, doesn't love playing the Capitals, although they will play the Capitals in the Stadium Series game. And then you got the Atlantic Division, where Florida gets Matthew Kachuk. You know, Toronto and Tampa are still Toronto and Tampa. And then um, Boston's going to get the band back together at some point when everybody gets healthy. But you've got improvement in Detroit. You've got improvement in Ottawa. Big-time improvement in Ottawa. And the Buffalo Sabres are still a couple, maybe a year, two years away from being serious threats. But that is an outfit that is getting better. And they are just loading up with young talent. Suddenly, Rasmus Dahlin is going to be their second-best defenseman because Owen Power is going to be the man. So there's a lot of good in the Eastern Conference, and we're going to talk about it with Michael LaBeouf. Uh, this is the Canes Corner Podcast. This is the Canes Corner Podcast. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Yes, they're back! They have announced they have signed on for another year. Isn't that exciting? Of course it is. The Aluminum Company of North Carolina, if it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hannon's crew do a great job. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, they've got it all. Make your home more beautiful on the outside, more energy efficient as well. So before we break real quick, on the other side of Michael LaBeouf, pretty big announcement, and a little bit about the Carolina Hurricanes and some thoughts going forward. All right, Michael LaBeouf, the man with the greatest Twitter handle in history, the big Lebowski, from the Action Network. All right, we'll bring up odds at some point, but I know that as an Islander fan, the what, the Islander Anxiety Podcast, <laughs> uh, I, I want to start real quick with the Islanders. And is Lou Lamorello hiding the signing of Nazim Kadri? Two weeks ago, when this rumor first started to percolate, I would have said, no, you know, this is just, it's kind of like a joke, an inside joke among hockey people because of what happened last season with the Islanders. And uh, Lou Lou sat on a bunch of deals until September 1st because he didn't want anybody to know how much cash space he had. So when uh, the Islanders announced, Kyle Palmieri, Casey Sezikis, Anthony Beauvillier, Ilya Sorokin. Like, these were important deals. It was September 1st that those were all made official and filed with the league. We knew they were Islander players, some because they were RFAs and right. others because, like, in Palmieri's case, he was a USA, but he was with the team, and it's pretty clear he was coming back when they traded Jordan Everly or left him exposed uh, in the expansion draft. Um, so... When those rumors started to percolate, I was like, oh, this is funny. You know, everyone's yeah, having a little 
uh, chuckle or as you know, as you, you and I both love soccer, yep. as they say over there, they're all taking the piss uh, <laughs> about Lou. And, uh, but as things started to kind of days became weeks, I was like, all right, it makes sense at this point. And the fact that Kadri's camp is just so quiet and they haven't come out and said, no, that's not true. My client hasn't signed anywhere yet. I'm pretty sure it's happening. Like I would, I would, if you know, like like you said, we'll get to odds later. But if I was putting odds on it, I'd put Kadri to the Islanders as a you know pretty significant favorite, as Carolina Hurricanes against the Buffalo Sabers last season type <laughs> style line, right? Like because it, at this point, it just doesn't. There's there's very few seats for Kadri. Right. Uh, left at the table. Like one of them is Colorado, but they have to move more money than the Islanders do. And if he was going back to Colorado, the Avalanche, they're not, they don't operate like the Islanders. So you'd hear from the Avalanche saying, we're, you know, yeah, we're grinding towards the deal. We're still in contact with, with Nas's right. agent. But it's, you're not hearing any of that from anyone, whether it's Colorado. I know Detroit operates very quietly as well, but they also got a lot of their business done and, and filed it like normal team at normal team when they signed Quran <laughs> and cop and stuff. But, uh, and there's also the fact that Lamarillo loves Nazan Tagdis. He signed him to his last contract. He stood up for him a bunch. He even suspended him at the end of a season and like kind of made it about like, you know, a tough love thing. And then Kadri came back and responded with back to back 32 goal seasons with the Leafs, uh, before Tavares came and written and, and the media and, Everybody ran him out of town. So there's just so much smoke here. And, and I wrote something for a partnership with the New York Post where, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there's silence, you know, there's Lou Lamarillo. Right. And that seems to be the case here. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of weird. I mean, if he goes back to Colorado, Colorado's probably going to have to move. I, my guess is Samuel Girard uh, is a guy that they could move because he's sort of expendable based on what they already have. Um, and he was not part of the, you know, he was not an active player because he was injured uh, during the Stanley Cup run. So they've proven they can win without Samuel Gerrard. Uh, but I'm not, again, I'm not sure that that's enough. I think they might have to move more. Detroit's got plenty of cap space, uh, but they could just do that. <laughs> right. I yeah, mean, right. Exactly. They could just sign him. They wouldn't. It wouldn't. I. I realize that they have some uh, RFA's and UFA's coming up. You know, after this upcoming year, including Dylan Larkin, that they're going to have to clear. Make sure that they have money for. Although I've heard Dylan Larkin's name in the rumor mill a lot. Um, so I just I like they could do the cadre thing now and then figure figure everything else out else out later, but. I just keep thinking that even though last year was a little different because, as you said, they were really all their own players, I mean, it could be the same. I have no idea. What I don't understand is coming off the year he's had, the fact that he basically kept it between the ditches in terms of his behavior. Nazim Kadri should have been signed by now. So... I assume he already is, and that the Islanders are just waiting to figure everything else out. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. And it's it, people kind of, because it's taken so long, and I think people are kind of sick of discussing him, 
it's kind of going over looks that he was the number two free agent on the board going into free agency. Yeah. So usually that that player sometimes they have to wait for the you know the top the big fish to sign and then once that player signs pretty quickly thereafter the number two guy goes. Um, so this isn't you know this isn't you know Sonny Milano or PK Subban. This is this number two free agent on the board, a player that all 32 teams would love to have on their team. Uh, but because of the length that it's taken and we're a week away from it being a month since the window opened, uh, I think people are kind of just bored of the story. And that's exactly what Lamarillo wants. He just yeah. wants people to stop talking about it and so he can just do what he does behind the scenes. And I got to tell you, it's frustrating as a fan because you the off season you want to get excited. You know, here we are in August. All I want to do is talk about the Islanders. I don't even know what the team's going to look like. And <laughs> yes, it's frustrating on one hand, but it's so hard not to be impressed that he's able to do this in the modern. Yeah. Like, it's completely out of step with modern sports, where you have guys in like Elliot Friedman in our sport, Fabrizio Romano in soccer, and. Uh, Woj and Schefter in, in their sports, these guys find out everything. Like they find right. out everything. And and the fact that he's able to keep it tight and you think about the degrees that means that need to be shut down, right? Like because here on Long Island and with the Islanders, I've always said you're you're much more likely, almost more likely to find out a big scoop from a local caddy or a waiter at like a nice restaurant than you are from a beat writer. Because just the way the team is kind of just embedded in the community you'll see a player or an employee at the, at a restaurant or, you know, a, a wife or a girlfriend or whatever, and something will get out. But since Lamarillo's team, that's, that's all stopped. And, and now it's, it's pretty just impressive that he's been able to cut all those avenues down uh, somehow, right? Like the assistant equipment manager's wife's best friend normally would know, Oh, Oh, you guys signed Nazem Kadri because, you're working on his equipment. You're just taking care of his equipment orders or whatever. And that, you know, that's, you just, you talk like a normal human being to those kind of people. So they're your friends. Right. So that stuff can just leak out. But for some reason with this team, it just doesn't. And that is just really, really, really impressive. All right. Let me ask you a couple of other things. And we're going to get to the, uh, we're going to get to the East, which is just incredible how much better the East looks. And I thought the East was good last year even though we pretty much knew who was going to make the playoffs from like, I would say beginning of March on maybe even earlier, we pretty much knew who was going in. Uh, but I thought the league, I thought the conference was pretty good. I think it's way better now, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But your just your view on what the hurricanes did, at least at the top, Brent Burns and Max Patchy already are in uh, regardless of who they replace because there's a lot Carolina is going to miss probably eight guys off their roster from last year. Uh, they can't replace all of them. Your thoughts on Burns, Pacioretty, and I guess Andre Kasha as well. Yeah, I, I, I said to all my Islander fan friends on the day that Johnny Gaudreau signed with the Blue Jackets, I really didn't get upset at anything until the Max Pacioretty trade happened. Because uh, he is the type of player who I've wanted on the Islanders and he's been linked to the Islanders in the past. Apparently there was a deadline, a draft day deal for him at one point. Uh, when even with Lamarillo in charge, I think it was his first season, his first draft, they had a, had a deal in place with the Canadians. 
and not even talking about the fact that the, the Hurricanes gave nothing up for him because zero. that's a whole other yeah whole other zero. story. Like, but he is <laughs> yeah zero. It's it's just it's hilarious because you we all imagine these front offices are all talking to one another and, and you know you get an offer and you say okay let me call around and see if anyone can beat that. Can you beat zero? No, you can't. Of course you can. Um, it's just outrageous, but. And they got uh, another player too. A, they got a defenseman. Yeah, who I don't even know if he's any good, it. but they got they got another he's player. Got a, he's got a pedigree, Dylan Coughlin. He's but he's a young. I think he's projected to be like a four or five type guy. So, um, but aside all that, Pacioretty is like exactly. If they had not Pacioretty against the Rangers, I wouldn't have been texting you that entire series, freaking out and and cursing the Hurricanes because they couldn't beat the Rangers, even though they were outplaying them, right? So he's he's a great fit for them, I think. He's You can basically pencil him in for 25 to 35, depending on his health. He's, he'll make your power play better. He can win a game on his own because, he, you know, you can be getting outshot and he scores on, on two good, you know, seemingly nothing plays. So he's what the team needed. Uh, and I think Burns, it, it's a little bit of a risk, but a player like Jacob Slavin already in in the fold, he he kind of negates that risk. You know, you compare the two of them together, you can let Burns do, you know, play his rover kind of style game he plays, and Slavin will take care of, uh, you know, he'll button up the defense. So the Hurricanes should be the favorite in the Metro. And I think that they will end up being the favorite in the Metro, according to the betting market. And I would put them, if, if you look at the the – uh, Stanley Cup odds because of Toronto's status just as the, the biggest franchise in the sport. They're the, the second favorite bookmakers. No, they can hang any price on Toronto and they'll still take money. Right. But I would I would put Carolina uh, after Colorado, I would put Tampa and then Carolina kind of in that next tier with almost nobody else. I think that they're that good. They got the goaltending. They have now a scorer. We know what their kind of play driving numbers are going to be. And so there's very little not to like here. And I know that there's a lot of kind of in and out, but there always is with this team. So I'm, I wouldn't be too worried about the fact that you, you, you're going to have to lose D'Angelo and Trocek and, uh, and these guys, because the, this, this team is used to it. This core is used to that kind of stuff already. And, you know, if Andre Kasha is like a perfect hurricane as well. So as long as he could stay healthy. So, I'm very bullish on the Hurricanes. The prices are too short to bet them, but I would say, you know, in the Metropolitan, they're in a tier above every other team. I think the chasing pack, you can kind of all lump together, uh, but Carolina stands above that chasing pack right now. All right, we're going to talk about the chasing pack with with Michael LaBeouf uh, of the Action Network at The Big Lebowski on Twitter. All right, the, uh, the Rangers... I mean, they didn't do much. I don't really think they had to, but they did solidify, I guess, their two-center um, with Vincent Trocek. I guess he's sort of the replacement for Ryan Strom. I think it's an upgrade. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure. Um, but Trocek is a guy who can play in every situation. He's good around the net in a power play, kill penalties, win faceoffs. He's feisty. He and Brad Marchand got back and got into a back and forth this year, uh, based on uh, 
Marshan calling himself a Lamborghini and Trocek a Prius, which was really funny. Um, he's just that type of a kind of a pesty player. It was very popular here, but the Hurricanes weren't going to seven years, even at five and a half million. They would have done five and a half for three, but they weren't doing it for seven. So um, how do you see the Rangers? We all know how good they are in net. And I kind of thought that Keandre Miller was maybe the most impressive player I saw on their entire team during the playoffs, not named Shesterkin. So your thoughts on New York? I'll say the floor for the Rangers seems to be quite high, but I don't think that the ceiling, I think we might've saw their ceiling in terms of their regular season performance last year. Cause they got 940 goaltending, which is absurd. Right. They had no COVID interruptions. They a few kind of minor injuries to big players. Shesterkin was out for a couple of weeks. Panarin missed some time. Um, but there was nothing. There's no, like, injury clusters. And then uh, in, in the, the playoffs, I mean, you saw it. It's the Penguins fans. I don't know I don't know what your listenership is in Pittsburgh, <laughs> but they'll all, not, they'll all not along when I say that the Rangers basically caught every break in that series. They did. They caught a lot, they caught a lot of breaks uh, against you guys. Um, they caught a lot of breaks against the Lightning, but still couldn't win. And when the breaks started to go the other way is when the lightning kind of just ran away from them. Um, I do think they'll regress a little bit. I think the, the Trocheck signing is an upgrade in terms of the, like the player, I think in a vacuum, Strom versus Trocheck. Trocheck is the better player, but Strom and Panarin were incredibly close. The two of them had really good chemistry. Yeah. There's some kind of weird rumors with Panarin and, and his standing with the current front office with the Rangers right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if we don't see a lights out season from him. We got, they got career years from Kreider. They got a career year from Zibanejad. There's just so much that went right for them that it's hard to kind of be confident that that will happen again. And for everything to go right for them, putting them at one, I think they finished at what, 110 or whatever, four points to drift of Carolina. That probably means we saw their ceiling, that this is at their best. This core is a 110-point regular season team that, if they get the goaltending, can make noise in the playoffs. I, I do wonder, like, you know, their, their floor is probably not – is like 94 points, 96 points in a terrible season. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about them. I'm always concerned about them as an Islander fan. But I will say <laughs> that there's just so much that went right for them last year. Right. So so much that went right for them that you wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if their season is a little more scrappy um, than it is, you know, shiny like it was this this year. So, I'm. I think the market's going to be way too high on them. I think that they're going to be a very trendy Stanley Cup pick, a very trendy Eastern Conference final pick. And you know what team was that trendy Stanley Cup and trendy Eastern Conference final pick last year? The Islanders. Yes. And, when that stuff kind of happens, it, it, it really should give you pause, especially from a betting perspective. Like if, uh, and I mean, no disrespect to them, but it's like you read one of those ESPN columns or one of those TSN columns and it's, they got the graphic Eastern conference Stanley cup pick. And you're reading this the week before the season and you see a bunch of Ranger logos that tells you right away, the betting market is going to be inflated on the Rangers. So right. uh, they're a team that, that, that'll be on my, my list of sell teams going in. doesn't mean I don't think they're good. It just means I think, the sentiment is too hot. 
All right, let's let's deal with the other two Metro playoff teams that, I mean, Pittsburgh essentially didn't add much. They brought everybody back. I mean, uh, they did add Ty Smith, who I thought was a good young defenseman for the Devils, uh, in I guess in exchange for what John Marino. Um, but they basically re-signed everybody. Latang. Um, uh, Malkin comes back. Ricard Raquel, who they got from Anaheim, uh, they bring him back. Uh, I don't know about Evan Rodriguez. I, he's, he still might be out there uh, for all I know. He's a good player, kind of like Evan Rodriguez. Uh, I'm not sure what Pittsburgh's cap situation is, if they just don't want to bring him back, but I thought he scored a bunch of big goals for him. Um, but between Pittsburgh and Washington, I think basically they stayed the same. I don't think Darcy Kemper's that much of an upgrade if he is over Washington's goalies last year because Washington's goalies are just average, but they've kind of been average, and Washington's just not the same type of a team, especially on the back end that they've been. Yeah, I've been saying for four years that I'm waiting for one of these two teams to, to take a step back, but uh, it just hasn't happened yet, and I'm going to say it again this season that one of them, it's likely that one does, and my pick would probably be Washington right now. I think the Kemper signing, it gives them a little bit more stability than they had in goal. But I think what you said is right. Like the upgrade isn't palpable. Additionally, he's an injury prone goalie. He's been that he's been a goaltender who even with going back to Minnesota and Los Angeles and and then Phoenix, uh, he, he would miss chunks of the season a lot. He, he did so, I think, for a little bit with uh, Colorado, and he's very hot and cold, and Charlie Lindgren is, is their backup. So their goaltending situation it, on opening night will look fine, but it, as an 82-game season wears and tears on a team, it's not going to be, I don't think, uh, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think the, the Backstrom situation makes it a little interesting, a little dicey. The core, obviously, we know they're they're all getting up there uh, in age. Like the Rangers, I do think that their their floor is probably pretty high, but their ceiling is not that far off from their floor. Like I could see them being eighty eight to hundred points team next year, uh, and if things don't go their way, if the goaltending situation doesn't work out, I mean, you know, I know that that players think Peter Laviolette seems to get on players' nerves after his third or fourth season. Yes. So he, we, could see, we could see something with that. Um, I would say that there's some red flags in Washington. If, as, as an Islander fan, I know that they don't need to pick off one of these four teams. Washington would be the one that I would have my eyes on um, if I'm New Jersey, the Islanders, Blue Jackets, whoever in the, in the Metro. Uh, that, that being said, like the Penguins, you, you could see it going south for them too. If, if Malkin... The, the Malkin signing to me, I try to put myself in, in like a Penguins fan's shoes when that went down. And, and if I was a fan, I'd be like, you know what? This is great. Like, I, I want to see these guys. I just want to keep watching Crosby, Malkin, and Tank play together until they all hang it up. Right. I get it. I get it from a fan's perspective. But as a, a better, when you take that out of it, Malkin is not going to give you 82 games. Yeah. Sidney Crosby's not going to give you 82 games. But Tang might because I don't know what he's made of. And, it, he just doesn't ever seem to really get hurt. Um, he, he's, out, he's outrageously good, that guy. Um, and then 
like even their goaltending. Jari with that bounce back year, then he got hurt. So it's, I think they have the best coach in the league. Mike, yeah. Mike Sullivan, I think, is, is an, an incredible coach. Yep. So he, he'll probably get them into the dance. But those, both those two teams are on shaky footing. Uh, and I think there's a reason why the Penguins have really struggled in some playoff time because they just they run out of gas and they're just very rarely healthy when uh, when they need to be. So the like I was saying, like at the top of the Metro section we're doing here, like I really think Carolina's got that kind of tier to themselves in the top of the Metro. And then the gap between the Rangers going down to the Islanders and that next cohort of teams is just really thin. Um, and Washington and Pittsburgh are right there. I, w- I would right now tell you that I would, if I was making the odds, I would have the Islanders shorter than Washington and then a little bit longer than Pittsburgh and, and the Rangers. And I agree. I think the Islanders, I thought last year was an aberration. Uh, even without adding Kadri, I think they'll, they'll be uh, definitely a challenger to a playoff spot, even if Nazem Kadri signs with, I don't know, Ottawa. We'll get to the uh, we'll get to the Senators in a little bit, uh, but Columbus. I don't think Columbus is a playoff team, but they're certainly going to be interesting with Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, I didn't see that coming, but good for good for Johnny Gaudreau. It, it'll be more difficult to beat them because they will be more offensive. That's good. Um, I think the only bad team in the Metro is going to be Philly, but I am curious what your thoughts are regarding the New Jersey Devils, who add Andre Pilat. Eric Halla, I think, is a nice third center. Uh, he's going to annoy everybody on the uh, on the Devils beat. Uh, they'll hate him by February, uh, is my guess, maybe earlier. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's a pretty good player. Um, we had him here for half a year, so I know him. I know what he's about. He's, he's difficult on teammates, especially younger teammates. So that's going to be worth watching, but they've got so much good young talent. At some point, at some point, they've got to be a playoff team, no? Yeah, this just this is kind of the the situation I was dealing with with the Islanders in in the early part of last decade, like the 2010 to 2014, 2015-ish. It's just bad luck that they're on this ascent when the division is just. So good, right? Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are still in this division. Igor Shosturkin's here. Henrik Lundqvist was here before. Now you got Sorokin. The Hurricanes are a juggernaut. So I think that with the Devils, their flaws are too vital uh, in their two key positions, which is like the goaltending is, is until it proves otherwise, is, is a really big problem. And Vitek Vanacek, to me, is he's an NHL goalie. But he's an NHL goalie who will give you 30 starts. 18 of them will be good. 12 of them will be bad. And when you're a team like the Devils, you don't have that kind of margin for error. You're going to need a goalie to give you better performances than that. And we don't know what Mackenzie Blackwood's going to be like. He was looking like he was on his way to becoming, walking his way into the tier with, with Shesterkin and Sorokin and Freddie Anderson in, in the division. But Last year was an absolute mess for him. Yeah. And he kind of has nobody to blame but himself. It sounds like he kind of handled the situation um, poorly. Um, so whether or not he bounces back is, is the key. And then, and that's a, it's a little bit of a cop-out because goaltending is just so important. Because like you said, the, 
going down the middle with Hughes and Heischer, the Devils already are set. And now I think, like you said, Eric Halla, I like to separate players sometimes from being players who are good and players who are effective. He's probably the latter, right? He's an effective yeah. third-line center. And uh, so they, they have a nice team being built there. I think John Marino is a good fit for them. He's a steady guy. They don't – Ty Smith, his upside is pretty high, sure. His ceiling is pretty low. Uh, his floor is pretty low. Whereas Marino, you kind of know, like, this right. guy is just going to be steady uh, and, and not make really too many mistakes. But they just – the goaltending is just too much of a, a question mark. So the Devils can go one of a million different ways next season. Uh, but probability-wise, I would say they're more likely to miss than they are to make. And this conversation will probably be different next August when we talk, when when the, the Capitals and Penguins are another year older and the Hurricanes have made 16 more trades. And we don't know who's on the Islanders still, but um, the, 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 that's, that's probably their, what they should be realistically targeting. Uh, as, as their valid, you know, playoff push. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing when the Hurricanes make 15 more trades. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's, let's get to the other. It's, it's you know, it's one of my criticisms, and I have criticisms of of even this roster. Uh, I'm not not an ignore. I mean, I love what they did at the top. Uh, my I have my doubts about certain elements of the roster that I think will need to be addressed during the season if they're going to get the most out of this team. At some point, the Hurricanes have to start, you know, keeping a core together and not, you know, shuffling the deck, you know, eight to ten cards in, eight to ten cards out every year, four years in a row, basically, mm-hmm. that they have done that. Uh, and I don't think it's I don't think it's good for them. Uh, I think it, it creates too much uncertainty uh, and, you know, that, the, the core is like seven or eight guys. Uh, now, if it's a good seven or eight, uh, but even that, you know, Jordan Stahl is part of that. All right, I, I didn't want to make make this part about the Hurricanes. Let's go to the Atlantic Division. Um, now, Florida is, I mean, they made a bunch of moves last year, and they got, they looked like they were unbeatable, and then they were very beatable when, <laughs> uh, when you... I think we saw the signs in the first series against Washington where that series could have gone the way of the Capitals very easily. Uh, and I think you and I are in agreement. The Capitals just weren't that good, but they were bothering Florida. And then, of course, it all unraveled the next series against Tampa. They just did nothing. Um, but then they go out and they swing a blockbuster deal for a guy who should be really good when it matters in Matthew Kachuk. Now, they had to give up a lot. You give up Jonathan Huberdeau. You give up Mackenzie Weger, uh, who they were going to probably have a hard time signing based on their own cap situation. Can't believe they're paying Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million a year to be this version of Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, that's that's a, an albatross around them. Um, but is Florida better than Toronto, better than Tampa still? No, I don't think so. I think the the three of them are all very similar in terms of where their seasons could go and not go next season. They're, they all have significant flaws. Florida's defense now, you take Uyghur out of that top pairing. I mean, Aaron Eklad, they were like, 
if we go back three seasons, people were like, oh, is this guy a bust as a number one overall pick? He's not really progressing. And then they find Uyghur as the perfect fit for him. And all of a sudden, that's Lad's the top 10 defenseman in the league. So that's a big thing. You know, like, that's a big deal. So you look at that defense now, it's, it's, it's Ekblad, Radko Gudis, Gustav Forsling, who I think is a really good player. He's not Uyghur, though, and we don't know how whoever they're going to sit next to Ekblad is going to gel with them. And then you put that defense, which now has holes in it, in front of a goaltending tandem with Bobrovsky, who, like said, $10 million goaltender, playing like a $3 million goaltender yeah. probably at this point, maybe four. I thought, I mean, I think Bobrovsky was better than people probably realized last year, but he was, his contract is so bad and in the cap era, you're just going to be tied to your contract that no matter what, he's, he's going to be uh, a disappointment. Maybe Spencer Knight clicks. This is his like breakout season as he's still on his entry level. And that's a big deal for them. Uh, but the question marks are there and, and they're seemingly betting on themselves that we'll be able to coast to the playoffs and, score our way out of the goaltending issues or defensive issues follow the avalanche did but that's dangerous this season it wouldn't be dangerous last season because of where ottawa detroit were but this season it's a little bit dangerous because while those two teams are still long shots to make the playoffs that division is is a lot better like the talk about the floor being raised every team in that division that didn't make the playoffs got not just better, but a lot better in, in the off season. So there's just not going to be free points out there for Florida to, to pad their way to a president's trophy. This, the Panthers are our team that like, if, if you're going to get, you're going to get dealt some crazy odds on it. Them to miss the playoffs. I don't think it's an outlandish bet because <laughs> I, 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 is it likely to happen? No, no, it's not. But, it's not going to be. It's not a crazy bet to make because you can see this thing blowing up. They got they they fired their coach. They they bring in Paul Maurice. There's right. a lot of uncertainty here. Uh, Huberto Uda was there for so long. It was so effective with Barkov. So uh, that, the Panthers are a team that like I could just see it all go like we saw with the Islanders. Like you 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 get dealt one of those Murphy's Law seasons and oh boy. Um, and then for Tampa Bay, I think it's going to be the same song and dance out of them that we saw last season. They'll pick their spots on when they're going to show up in the regular season. Right. They'll lose three games right. in a row. Everyone will say, "Oh, the, the Lightning are tired. They're they're done. They don't they don't care anymore. They're done because the the three peat was ended." And they'll show up in the playoffs and do what they do. And then I I think the the Leafs are in a similar boat as the Panthers. Like you're you're going to bet this core on Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov in goal. Uh, I can't believe that there is a short in the betting market. Knowing what I know about how bookmakers price teams and knowing that they're going to take money because of their standing in uh, in just kind of like the public NHL universe, they got worse. Like, they got a lot. I think the Panthers and Leafs both took what could be a significant step backwards going into next season. Um, both both have serious goaltending questions. The depth for both teams is not great. The Leafs are now betting in new players. They lost a, a couple key players like like 
Steel, you have Mikheyev, who, yeah. who was a very versatile player. That there's a lot here that could go wrong for for Toronto, and I don't think people are picking up on that because they just know Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Riley, Tavares. Like that core is right. so good that it, it'd be crazy for them to miss the playoffs. What if Austin Matthews gets hurt? Like, what if Mitch Marner gets hurt? Then then it's a huge problem. So this both Florida and, and Toronto to me are, are boomer busts. And I would last, like I said with the Panthers, like last season wouldn't be worried. But because of what Detroit and Ottawa did, and even Buffalo to some extent, there's reason. There's reason I think to be worried a little bit, and, and knowing that this this off this regular season is not going to be a cakewalk like it was last year. And and also don't don't sleep on Boston. Like the Bruins, the Bruins have all these guys that are going to be out till November. Right. And I tell you, once I once I read on Twitter, like okay, you know, Charlie McAvoy was seen skating today. I'm going to be betting the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup because I can tell you that they'll be tre- they'll be treading water. They'll be a good price because they're always a good price. And if they get if they click, like they they can click like no other team. So the, I think the Bruins are dangerous. Um, but we know the Lightning are, and then the, the Panthers and Leafs. Like it's going to be more of a slog than I think people realize. Yeah, that division is is crazy. David Krejci's coming coming back from the yeah. Czech Republic. I mean, it's the same team they have had basically for the last five years. But I mean, they're good, and I and uh, Hurricanes fans have nightmares uh, about David Krejci because to <laughs> me, Krejci was the reason they won both of those series uh, in the playoffs two years in a row. D- David Krejci is just—I don't know—he. He thinks the game at such an advanced level that he's he's an absolute joy to watch. Let me ask a couple more quick questions. Ottawa did a lot. Ottawa gave Carolina a hard time in all three games they played last year. I think Carolina managed to go like 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I think something like that. But Ottawa was basically the better team all three times. Claude Giroux, Alex Dabrinkit. I think kind of on the down low, Matthew Joseph is a good signing because I think he's a good player. Cam Talbot, that's the goaltender that maybe Toronto should have tried to get. Uh, Talbot, who can be a legit number one, I think. Um, Ottawa's got some good young talent, too. I mean, could they could they push for a spot? I think they, they can. I... I... I think that they're like kind of like the Devils, like I was saying before. It's more likely than not that they miss the playoffs because of the competition they're going to be dealing with. But there's definitely a, a world. There's probably a lot of worlds where this team does what the Los Angeles Kings did last year. Uh, they they kind of just get hot and stay the stay the course and 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 mature as a group. They like you, I think the Talbot move is very under under the radar significant for this team because it gives them stability at a position that they just haven't had any. How many goaltenders have they used? That I've, I've never heard of a lot of right. the goaltenders they've used in, in the past like four or five seasons. Um, so there's a lot to like about the Senators. And in that division, with the, the problems that Boston's going to have early on, the problems that we could see the Leafs and the Panthers having, the fact that the Lightning like to pace themselves, I don't think 
the, the gap is just going to be wide enough where the Senators are going to do what they normally do, have a slow start to the season, and, and everyone's like, oh, the Senators are 22 points out of the playoffs again, and, and then they just they show up to play the, the games against the, the Hurricanes, where, where they do punch up well. Like they Over the past two seasons, they've been the NHL's best underdog team. Uh, especially when their odds are like two, plus two hundred or longer, they they beat the they beat the Maple Leafs, they'll beat the Lightning, the Panthers, and the, the Hurricanes, etc. Um, but yeah, I think that this this season, like with the, the Giroux, that the Talbot additions, those those will just get them on the right path. And it does. It's a cliche, and it's something that I used to kind of poo poo before the Islanders uh, hired Barry Trotz, which is the cliche that you need to kind of learn how to win. Yeah. And this team, this team needs to do that. And they now have guys that are kind of astute in that, in that kind of study of, of being successful and being on successful teams and knowing how to keep a season on the rails before it gets derailed. Like they've, they've had. So they're a very dangerous team. I think the, I, when they made that the brinket trade, I was like, the market's going to, overreact and I don't think it really did uh maybe it's because who else is looking at bet, the NHL betting line on July in July than <laughs> other than you know sickos like I am but right so we'll see when the when the when the actual games start but uh I just I think that they're they're going to be a dangerous team and and there's going to be a lot of hype about them but this time I'm kind of buying that hype yeah I think they've done a, I think they've done a really good job in the offseason final thing from Michael LaBeouf um, are you worried about Everton? You worried about them <laughs> at all? Yeah, I am. I, I, <laughs> I will say today's loss to Chelsea made me a lot less worried about them than I thought I was because they looked solid enough where yeah. against those better teams, if, as long as they can stay the course, they'll, they'll be able to, to nick a couple points and, and stay above what hopefully will be some, some pretty bad teams. Like, I, I I don't think Southampton's very good. I don't either. We'll see. We'll see. I know Bournemouth won today, but I don't think they're very good. Um, so hopefully, you know, they they just kind of coast their way to, uh, you know, thirteenth place, and it's a relaxing season because last year, man, boy, it was. Yeah. It was so tough. Every every night going to bed, just thinking about the game that because of the way that the schedule got so condensed too. Like you're just playing Tuesday, then you're playing Saturday, then you're playing. Wednesday, Sunday, it, it just took over my life. My wife was just not happy with me <laughs> at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm, I am worried about them, but I'm less worried about them after today, even though they lost than I was this morning when I got up. Uh, well, we just started. We have 37 more matches to go <laughs> as a uh, as a as an uh, another Merseyside fan. Uh, I'm a Liverpool guy. Um, they, I was really impressed with Fulham. I thought Fulham yeah. was excellent in the uh, in the first match, um, but Liverpool did what they do in the second half, and uh, maybe Klopp will start Darwin Nunez now and not <laughs> not mess around because that dude just makes it happen whenever he comes on. But um, I was really more impressed with Fulham than I was. Disappointed with Liverpool only getting a point. Yeah, and I host our, our soccer betting podcast uh, at Action Network called Wonder Goal, and the whole pre, all our preseason content. Anytime we talked about Fulham, 
me and my co-hosts, uh, we, we always said the same thing, which was Marco Silva really only knows how to play one way. And, and I saw that when he coached Everton. He's very stubborn and, and playing very high pressure, yep. attacking. You know, his philosophy is very free-flowing, attacking football. And I just think I mean, I was our train of thought was it's, if he tries to do that against teams like Liverpool and, uh, you know, City, et cetera, down the list. Like, they'll, they'll get picked apart. They're going to need to learn how to just sit back and counter. Um, and, and they proved – I mean, it's week one, but in week one they proved us wrong. If, if they can play like that, they hunted in packs. I was very impressed with, with the way they hunted the ball uh, as a very cohesive unit today. Like, every time it looked like Liverpool would counter one of their trademark counters where it's like, how did they just make a five-on-two happen out of nothing? Uh, Fulham was able to snuff it out. So that that result, as, a, as an Everton fan, I, you know, of course, I, I love to see Liverpool cough up points to teams like <laughs> Fulham. But at the same time, I was like, well, maybe maybe Fulham is not going to be the, the team, one of those bad teams I was just alluding to before right. uh, that, that Everton should easily finish above. So that was that was a little bit concerning. But like you said, well, I mean, by the time the season wraps up, we're going to be in round two of the playoffs in the NHL. So uh, <laughs> it's a long way, long man. way to go. It long is long way to go. It is a long way. All right, man. I appreciate your time as always, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Awesome. Yep. Michael's great. Love talking to Michael LaBeouf. Uh, fun guy, and as a Liverpool guy, he's an Everton guy. Uh, we'll probably go back and forth a lot this year. Hey, you got a little bonus football. Right there in the middle of the Canes Corner podcast. All right, speaking of the Canes. Uh, so Max Lejoie, uh settles his arbitration case. Why that went to arbitration when he's getting uh, 125 in the minors and 750 if he plays in the NHL. And he might because he's a lefty defenseman and the Hurricanes don't have any of them. They got Slavin and Shea and then nobody. Everybody's a righty. <laughs> Everybody on the roster as a defenseman is a righty. Uh, right now, if you go to the Hurricanes roster, by the way, they have two number 25s, as Andre Kasha and Ethan Bear are both listed as number 25. I don't know what that says. Uh, but the Hurricanes um, right now have about $900,000 under the salary cap. Assuming that Jack Drury is on the opening night roster, and if I were you, I would assume that. They've got about $900,000 under the cap. They don't have enough money to even give Martin Natchez the qualifying offer at this point. So, since LeJoie settled his arbitration case Saturday, three days later is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sometime between Tuesday and Thursday, the Hurricanes are either going to trade Jake Gardner or they're going to buy out his contract. Because they have to. Martin Natchez was not included in a deal this summer because they're keeping him. And you can't keep him if you can't pay him. So, that's my guess. Is that Jake Gardner will be bought out. The Hurricanes will have about a little under $4 million on the salary cap. If, unless they can trade Jake Gardner. And with that, they should have no problem getting Natchez done uh, two years. I don't know what the number is. Uh, my guess is the 
the AAV will probably come in somewhere under or right around $3 million. That's just a guess. Um, you know, maybe uh, two and a half, uh, four, two and a half, three and a half. I don't know. Um, but I, th- I think it'll be a two-year deal for Natchez, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of an average annual value of $3 million a year. So they've got to do that. They've got to bring Natchez back, um, and they have to find a spot for Jake Gardner's contract, whether it's on the trash heap or it's uh, with a team that has cap room and then you can sweeten it with a draft pick, then I think you got to do that, but you have to get the salary off your books so you can sign Martin Natchez. Um, the Hurricanes do appear to be done with the roster, and whether or not that's a good thing will remain to be seen. But... I still think they're too right-handed on defense. They're, and I don't really love their third pair to begin with, but let's, get, let's give uh, them the benefit of the doubt. They've done a very good job. Uh, there's a lack of veteran presence on the back end. They need that. And they're too left-handed down the middle. I think those two things are significant. And I think that the Hurricanes will probably struggle to get the most out of this team unless they can address uh, both of those issues. That doesn't mean they won't be good. I think they'll be good. But they have to get, I think they have to address that, those two things, before they can become great. And that is what the goal is, right? To become great. All right, now, the announcement. For what it's worth, you may not think this is a big deal. Uh, I do for a couple of reasons. One is time. But I will be hosting Stormwatch and Aftermath during the course of this season. And I hope it's a long one. And I hope I'm worn the hell out when it's all over. I hope I have to do 115 Stormwatches. There'll be six preseason games, 82 in the regular season, 88, uh, 20-some-odd games. Yeah, I hope I have to do like 115 storm watches and 115 aftermaths. That's what I hope. And I hope I'm exhausted and I take a four-week nap when it's all over. So starting in September when the Hurricanes uh, start their preseason schedule, and what do they play Six games in eight days? Six games in nine days? Insane. Uh, I'll be your Stormwatch and Aftermath host. So, again, you decide whether that's good <laughs> good news, big news, or what. But there you go. That's my announcement. So with that said, uh, it's been fun. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it there. No place like it. Aluminumcompany.com. Fredo Obligation Estimate. They're in on Hamlin Road in Durham. Go check them out. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. This way, if you follow it, it just shows up automatically. And you don't have to worry. Hey, did Gold do a podcast? Of course, it's in my phone. Or wherever you get your podcast. All right, people. We'll do this again very soon. We have more announcements to come. 
in the very, very near future about a special podcast. Okay? More announcements to come. I'm not saying anything about it, but more announcements to come about a very special podcast that we are producing. Uh, But we'll give you those announcements when everything is finalized. Until then, we'll see you next time. I'm Adam. Bye. This has been the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.